Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here back recording that one play. And we have an interesting one because it's not a historic Ravens play per se, but it's kind of an archetype for the 2019 season. And that's a particular play that I'm going to let Alan Frankel tell you about. And we'll do the lead in and, and why this play was important to him and, and why it meant something in terms of the 2019 Ravens. Yeah, so this play was a play that I watched with a bunch of friends at a, at a bar in the city, a Ravens backers bar called Jojo's Philosophy. Actually, I think it's been closed down, unfortunately. Um, and this play was really special because it represented the apex of the Lamar Jackson era for me as a fan. This was the n- number one game, which I think back to in terms of the joy and dominance that this team displayed over that time period. And uh, this fourth and four was um, kind of a meaningless play, actually. Uh, the game was already 35 to six at that point. This is late in the third quarter. Uh, and yet to me, it was really what really what made this team special and very unique from other Ravens teams. Okay. So we'll give you specific. This is again, the, the game against the Rams in LA, the Ravens had, uh, were just rolling up for their fourth consecutive. Sorry, that's not even close to correct. Their seventh consecutive win, but their fourth consecutive utter trashing of a team. They beat the Seahawks by 14. That game was broke open late. Then they beat the Patriots by 17. That game was a lot, not as close as that score would indicate. Beat the Bengals 49-13, beat the Texans 41-7. And then they, they went out to L.A. and they played a pretty damn good Rams team that had just lost the Super Bowl the year before. Lost, correct? Not won it? They, they lost, lost to the Patriots, before. a tight one, yeah. Yeah, 13-3 or something, or maybe a close one anyway. But the but the uh, the Rams that year uh, uh, got destroyed by the Ravens, forty five to six, in a game Eric Weddle described as peeling their faces off. Shockingly accurate. <laughs> Weddle in his in his first year out there after leaving the Ravens after the two thousand eighteen season, but uh, you know fourth down was the Ravens down in two thousand and nineteen. They went for it a ton of times. Uh, Harbaugh is extremely aggressive with with Lamar Jackson with the uh, fourth down, probably the the highest point of the uh, of the I hate to call it analytics, sports math being applied to uh, these kind of things, decision, basic decision probability math being applied to these sorts of in-game decisions, but never been more than 2019. Yeah, the fourth down stuff really 
it almost seemed to, not to come out of nowhere, but it all seemed to hit us in a wave where we were this power running team now with Lamar. And in order to schematically make a lot of our offense viable, we kind of had to go for it on fourth down. It allowed us to run the ball in more downs and distances. It presented a lot more um, strategic things for defenses because if you're willing to run and get it to fourth and two, all of a sudden that third and five doesn't look as daunting. Certain things about that, not, not only on an analytical standpoint, but from like a schematic standpoint throughout the game, you don't know if you're going to run or pass, and it really opened up this offense in a whole other way. Yeah, you have to defend more space very, very naturally when you when you have to defend the run on third down, which is a lot of teams they they don't even they don't even make any bones about it in terms of what they're trying to do on third down. They empty the backfield. Their quarterback is not the runner. Lamar Jackson is, of course. Lamar is, is was a huge threat in that way as well. Uh, so you had to do all sorts of things to account for all eleven. But you're right in terms of the staying on schedule for that team was a very big deal. The third and five was kind of on schedule. You know, you had half the, half the, half the distance and half the downs you had allocated to yourself. And, uh, and that wasn't too bad. So uh, this team really uh, uh, went forward, leaned out on a fourth down, trying to bring up those fourth down statistics for the season uh, that year. But it's just an extraordinary number of attempts and successes. Yeah, and that's that's what makes this fourth down really, really interesting to me because it really didn't do anything to add to win probability. The game was already decided here. We're looking at like 35 to 6 score. So this fourth down was a really unique time for us to go for it. And um, that's what what I think made this fourth down very, very different for me in that I felt that this fourth down call was that this team was having so much fun out there. They knew that they were doing something special on this night. We had, I think, six consecutive touchdown drives. We had it clicking on a historic cylinder, and it seemed like Harbaugh recognized that and just didn't want to stop the party at 11. And that's like literal and figural. It was a Monday night football game. And the joy that this team played with and the joy that the Lamar Jackson offenses have sometimes exhibited on the field um, really came to light on this play for me where I was like, I'm sitting at the bar with my friends, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I think they're going to go for it. My friend's like, they're not going for it. They're 35 to 6. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand what's going on here. They're going to freaking go for this because they're – and they're, they're looking at me like I'm nuts. And lo and behold, Harba brings out the players, and they go for it, and they convert on a pass to Miles Boykin and on a 15-yard pass. And I just had this feeling of like, wow, this team it, it was able to recognize in the moment how much fun they were having as a team. And the, it was a human game people were having so much fun together that they wanted to keep it going. I thought that was just extremely, extremely special historically from a team that hadn't had that type of joy on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, when you have less weapons, when you don't have Lamar Jackson, you, you do less of that. Uh, the team the year before had been a little more willing to go for it with Lamar as a fourth down weapon, but this 2019 team is a whole nother, whole nother ball of wax. 17 out of 24 on third down. Not only did they lead the league, I believe, in fourth down attempts. Now, this is a case where the teams that go for it a lot on fourth down are often the teams who are pretty bad, and they're consistently behind in games, and they're uh, you know needing to gamble to try and catch up. So they need to go for fourth down slightly nice game. That wasn't the case with the Ravens this year. They didn't have very many of those. I know they had a couple uh, early in the year when they lost some games. But basically, they went for it on fourth down because – it was a positive expectation play. They went 17 out of 24 on the year, made over 70% of their first downs, and uh, sorry, 70.8. But that also led the league by a wide margin in terms of percentage of third, of fourth downs made. So they, they really had 
they, they through that point and actually until later in the season they were on a historic non-punting pace as well which was largely driven by the fourth down uh, situation that did not end up getting that record for the fewest punts in a season uh, but they but they did come close and uh, and of course we, we've talked about this many times on the show they scored 3.08 points per drive so by and large the fourth down decisions uh, were were big ads of value for this team yeah, they, they really seem to embrace weaponizing the down. And I think that they particularly kind of relished it in that they kind of showed that they had a little more guts maybe than everybody else. I think Harbaugh likes to have teams that are a little bit like that, that they kind of believe in themselves at a certain level that maybe other teams don't. It's something that I've seen, you know, in, in the best Harbaugh teams, they have a little bit of a deeper confidence. And that fourth down seems to bring out the bravado whether it's, you know, Harbaugh making things happen for safeties, like kind of like he knows something, a little something that you don't and that the team's on the inside track. This definitely felt like a Harbaugh's Harbaugh move uh, when I think about the way he coaches this team. Yeah, we, it, I, I think there's actually, there's a, there's a, Harbaugh's a great leader of men. So one of the things we see from him on the field is converting what he wants to be the decision into the player's decision, which I really like, but you know, the, the fourth and two at Seattle early in the year, he's like, hey, Lamar, you want to go for this? Hell yeah, coach, let's go for it. Then Yonda goes crazy with the, with after after <laughs> Jackson then asks Yonda if it's okay. And I thought that was just one of the really uh, highlight moments of that season. But, but the point I'm making about Harbaugh is that, that he turned that analytics decision into one that the players had completely bought into in terms of they're doing the right thing and they, and, and they want to do it. So the hell yeah, let's go for it, coach. That's remembered as you know Lamar's decision or maybe Yonda's decision in some way on the sideline uh, with uh, with with the players they put on the field. But in truth, it was the the uh, the uh, headset elves, as I call them, uh, had a, had a large part in that. Yeah, I think you can do. I mean, an entire show on fourth down decisions, game analytics, and how it ties into kind of the human battlefield on the field and how those things kind of interrelate. Uh, I actually think we talked about maybe doing a show on that at some point. So covering this fourth down topic in more detail is definitely, definitely on the agenda. Some plenty of cool things to discuss the Kansas city play, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing you just brought up Marshall Yonda and all the stars going back and watching the highlights from this game that were on that team that are now elsewhere, Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. I think uh, Matt Judon, I mean, now Chuck Clark obviously has left the team, but there's so many guys who I look at on that roster, you know, Yonda obviously being one of the one of the main ones of stars who, you know, it feels like the Jackson era started yesterday and now we're like five years in and we're in like a contract dispute all the way at the end of that. It feels that game to me feels almost like yesterday, yet it's been it's been so long ago and yeah. losing. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. It was interesting to see those guys again in uh, in purple. Yeah, it, it is it is an eternity, and it's each each moment is so precious in terms of the opportunity that that, that is presented. That 2019 playoff loss hurts that much more, given how how good the Ravens were relative to the rest of the league. Uh, bothersome, certainly. I think there are other analogous plays within that 2019. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. 
Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Season, I remember in our, our production meeting earlier, we talked about um, in the very first game of the year, they beat the Dolphins 59-10, to 10, and Anthony Levine on fourth and three, up 35-3 to three in the first half, uh, ran a dive play uh, on a fourth and three and ran for 60 yards to, to set up the, uh, the touchdown, put him up 42-3. to three. And Harbaugh was asked about it after the game and asked, you know, aren't you concerned? First of all, you know, wasn't, wasn't it kind of a risk to, to do that? And he said, no, it really wasn't. I think it might, it might have actually been fourth and one. But he said, now, if we, want to st- if we can steal a possession, we'll do it whenever we want in this kind of heat. And, uh, and this is as good a time as any. What about giving away the fact that you have this fake on fourth down? You know, it's it's a dive play. Everybody has this third playbook. He's right. There's no, I mean, there's nothing special about it at all in terms of the the nature of the play. It was just the the, the moxie to go for it. And uh, I think the 2019 Ravens, in a lot of ways, uh, got defined very early on. Do you want to talk about the play itself at all? Uh, not so much. It's really the emotions behind the play. It was a 15 yard catch to Boykin. It was really more about the the fact that they even were going to go for it, the fact they converted, obviously, keep the drive going, that was fantastic. But to me, it was really, the whole thing was the fact that they even went back on the field. That was a huge, huge part of it for me. Huge part of the uh, of the 2019 Ravens, for sure. And a very one of the very fun things was, was it, like you mentioned, on third and five, third and four, third and six, any of those third and medium down, downs, the Ravens were kind of on schedule. They were, they were you know, certainly a third and three, Never seen particular daunting because you know this is two play territory is what you're saying. You're certainly in plus territory. You're thinking that, and even on your own side of the field, uh, it's just a, a very special set of circumstances. And the, the Chargers are the one team since the Ravens started did it so much that have adopted an even more aggressive stance with regard to fourth down. But the Ravens were, were on the on the front edge, on the leading edge, maybe not the ad, absolute pioneer in terms of of, uh, of creating a a, uh, a set of going for it rules that uh, that certainly was very aggressive for that whole season. One thing about that team is that it set a precedent that it was something that could be done and could be aggressively maintained throughout a year. Most teams think about a fourth down situation. Like you said, it's usually I'm down 10 points. I need to make up a possession somewhere, something along those lines. I want to, I want to roll the dice against the team. Maybe I'm a heavy underdog against. And I think it, it allowed guys like Brandon Staley to, that it now has a precedent, you know, in law, you have a precedent and then it becomes an established fact and then people could do it. And I think that he kind of put his finger in the fire first and, um, you know, it's funny you're mentioning the Miami game because when I looked at this game, I wanted to see what, you know, rankings on like from a score perspective, how many blowouts, you know, where does the this Rams game rank? And the 2019 season, I could barely get through it. There's like five of these blowouts of this level uh, with that team. It's just it's really wild when you look at it. I got the Miami game, the Bengal game, the Houston game, this game. There's like four or five different blowouts in this year that, you know, you could choose as the, you know, Ravens knock them in the teeth game of the year. But I think that this game against the you know previous uh, Super Bowl runners-up was a game where you really felt they were going up against a well-coached team. This is a McVay team. They've always been well-coached. For them to go in and dominate them like they did, six straight drives of touchdowns. And I think they held them to six points completely. The first two drives, they had a net of zero yards. I think it's negative two and two yards. So like full game domination and uniquely for us on the offensive side of the ball, leading the way and the defensive side of the ball, coming in second place on a night where they could have very easily been the story. Yeah. 
They said they they did a bunch of things very well on the defensive side of the ball there. Marcus Peters kind of had his redemption with an interception late in that game. They held the Rams to 22 rushing yards. There were a bunch of positive things in a 45 to 6 win. The, the point of fact is that those three games are three of the most dominant games the Ravens have ever played. They were three in a row. Uh, the win at, at Cincinnati, the, the win against the Texans at home, and then the win against the, um, uh, the Rams in L.A. Uh, the offense has never been better for any three-game stretch in Ravens history. That is the apex of Ravens offense, that, that three-game stretch. And Lamar Jackson left each of those games early. And so the Lamar Jackson-led drives actually were like like one punt and 14 touchdowns and a field goal or some such. It's it, it's just extraordinary what he did during that period. So uh, people go back and take a look at that and see how far off I am. But it's not much because they, they basically scored at will against those three teams, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It's funny you're mentioning hot streaks because I used to play quarterback in a rec league. And we went on a heater on offense. We once scored, I think, on 16 out of 18 consecutive drives. And we felt absolutely unstoppable. And I can, uh, obviously it's a rec league and you can't kind of compare that to NFL. But I was definitely able to kind of relate to, wow, like being on that type of heater where you just feel like no team can stop you. You have the, not only the, what was weird was this team didn't have a lot of salary cap on the offensive side of the ball, yet they somehow had a talent edge and, and a schematic edge. It felt like yeah. the two things kind of went together on a team that didn't really have tons of resources. I mean, Marquise Brown, no, not retained. Hayden Hurst ended up not being retained as well. And, and Orlando Brown, like a lot of these guys are gone. They were, you would think that a team that had a historic offense, like you look back at like the Peyton Manning offenses, they had guys that were there for 10 years, six, seven, eight years, like Harrison, Edron James, Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne. These guys were all there, felt like forever. We could never get rid of them, it felt like. And, and this team was one of the best offenses in history, and it was just a one-year perfect storm of events. It, it's really unprecedented in certain ways. Very difficult to keep it together, obviously, with salary cap considerations. And Andrews, Stanley, and Jackson, we hope, will still be there in the future. But, uh, but certainly very true. That 2019 offense is not appreciated enough in terms of cap. It's the fifth greatest offense in NFL history in terms of points per drive. And I hope Ravens fans ever will get there and and stop and get over the playoff loss because it, it is a point in time situation and just realize just how great that team was. And beyond that, you mentioned the cap on a per dollar spent of cap basis. It's probably the most efficient offense in NFL history. It's very close if it is not. So uh, it's it just so far an outlier. Um, expecting that again from Lamar Jackson or from the Ravens' offense as a whole or from the offensive coordinator, for that matter, very unreasonable of Ravens fans. That's something I've always felt. Uh, we've got to realize how, how lucky we were for that year. Um, you know, I was one of the first people to say, basically, Lamar Jackson will never have a year statistically as good again as he did in his MVP period. It will not happen. Uh, it's just it's such a statistical outlier in, in terms of the history of the NFL. It's one of the greatest seasons ever put together, certainly by an offensive player. And it's just unreasonable to expect him to, to be that, no matter what you think of your age modeling uh, you know, relative to the thing. Extreme right-hand results, that's usually the case, is they, they don't get repeated. Yeah, I think that that's you, – you mentioned a couple of points there. It's almost hard to know which one I want to – which road I want to go down. You kind of uh, – we, we had a conversation in our last episode about – kind of taking things one game at a time and appreciating the whole. 
And to me, this was a little bit of a Steph Curry kind of situation. This was a team that managed to run the option. I remember when the Dolphins ran the Wildcat one year with some success, and then we whipped them in a playoff game. Like, it was the biggest deal when they were running the Wildcat. And then this team comes in and says the Wildcat was like child's play compared to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And it, I really think that we might we might be heading towards a few teams trying out this Ravens model a little bit. I don't know if it's now. I know like Atlanta tried to imitate it a little bit this year. There's a few other teams. Eagles. But um, I think we might see the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles also had a tremendous receiver and passing game. But definitely the Eagles come to mind in terms of, you know, having that running quarterback and using that as a weapon. So we're starting to see teams kind of go away from, oh, that's not an NFL offense. That's not something we can do. You know, it, it, it once again, it's just like the fourth downs. It kind of paved the way in that area a little bit. It's great to see the Ravens uh, uh, be on the front end of that curve offensively once, too. It's, it's a great thing. Alan, great to talk th- about this with you. It's a, it's a cool uh, moment in time and a philosophical moment more than a, that one play moment, but still worth discussing here and and if that was the the time the light went on for you that's great and uh uh it's uh certainly a, a great characteristic of that 2019 team appreciate you talking about with us tell people where they can talk football with you online yeah you could find me on twitter frank sports 21 i'm posting all sorts of stuff uh ravens anytime any news including the nelson aguilar signing which i happen to like not everybody else loved it so much that's the way it is but but you know that's where you could find me, Frank Sports Twenty One on Twitter. All right, Frank. Uh, if you want to be like, <laughs> sorry, like Alan, and come on again uh, and do a that one play episode, just hit me up at DM on Twitter. They're always open. Love to hear from you. We'll get you on very quickly. I'm recording several shows per week still of this of this type. We uh, still have a lot, and Frankie, uh, sorry, Alan. It'll be a while before uh, this airs, but. Uh, uh, the world will have changed. Uh, there was, you can hear we're doing this in the wake of the Nelson Aguilar signing. It's it's uh, March 26th, but it'll probably be sometime in May or early June before this uh, actually airs. But anyway, appreciate having you on, Frank. Alan, sorry. Don't worry about <laughs> this it. This Frank Sports 21 thing is really fun. By the way, here. it's totally fine. Really don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Appreciate having you on. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Start. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.